put me under the gold dome, Trey Kelly. I want to sign on with that bill. Uh, it'd be better if you don't, because it might be a vehicle bill and you in vehicles. Not great. Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 208. This week, we have a recap of the State of the Union, our new SCOTUS nomination last week at the Georgia legislature, a SCOTUS ruling, and we need to send money everywhere fast because government. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, writer, journalist, dog mom, owner of the georgiavirtue.com, Jessica Salaji. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Oh, I just got news that, you know, I turned 45 this year. What? I, I know. So guess what you do at 45? Die. Endoscopy. Oh. And apparently the prep work is the worst of it. Yeah. Yeah. You had to drink like crazy, ugly stuff? Apparently, yeah. Apparently it's not as bad as it used to be, but yeah, you get cleans, uh, drink stuff that cleans you out and not eat for 24 hours, which won't hurt me at all, uh, and drink clear liquids. And then go to sleep and, you know, wake up and go home. Not eating doesn't hurt me either, but it usually hurts the people around me. <laughs> yeah, maybe cranky, hungry, and sober. Oh God, sounds awful. Mm-hmm. Especially for for an old fat drunk, you know. For sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was talking to the, to the doctor the other day, and he said, "You know, forty five is the new 50. I said, "Well, I thought fifty was the new thirty. Is not in medicine." Like, great, great. And since Connie wants to keep me around a little longer because I'm an earner, I got to go do that. Because you're an earner. Well, God bless Connie. <laughs> you know, some people are uh, more valuable dead than they are alive. Yeah. This, this, yeah. The secret is to get, your, to get yourself enough life insurance to take care of your loved ones without putting a price on your own head. It's a balance, I'm sure. <laughs> it is. It is. So... We have the 2022 State of the Union by President Joe Biden, and I can't believe this is just his first. It's been a long, long, long year. Oh, yeah. I, I said I wasn't going to watch it. I, you know, I, I and I say that every time, like when Trump did it, I said I wasn't going to watch it. When Obama did it, I said I wasn't going to watch it. And then I do because I feel like it's important to be informed um, and cause, and then I'm like, well, no, I'll just, I'll just read the text of it because then I don't have to listen to their stupid inflections or their like, look at them winking like, oh yeah, God bless America while they're screwing everyone who is like making America continue to run. But I, I got sucked in and I watched it. And so it was, it's a hundred it was an hour and 10 minutes of my life. I'll never get back. But more importantly, like. He's such a liar. They're all liars, but he's such a liar. He doesn't know if he's lying or not. I'm sure he got a I mean, transfusion or whatever he needed to, or, or doping, uh, which is where they add oxygen to your blood because he was up past six o'clock at night. 
had his yeah. had his Metamucil that morning. To, uh, I'm sure had a nice long nap in the afternoon to make sure he was alert as possible. Uh, he he came out of the box firing with uh, with the uh, Iran stuff. Not Iran. That's what he said. He kept on he kept on Ukraine Iran, which is what I was going to get to to also, but. His his the he came out of the box on on Ukraine pretty well, and then he went into stuff that just rambling nonsense. Did, I felt like when he introduced the ambassador, that she was like almost uncomfortable with him presenting her the way that he did. Not like like my people are dying oversee and they're like waging a war and you're having people stand up and I don't know I, I she didn't seem like she wanted the attention the way that she got it well she knew what she was doing she's being prostituted in order to get funding yeah that's true is parade her around and everybody in Congress can go uh, dig into our wallets and slip them into her g-string because that's what happened okay, well, you're you're jumping ahead on story so get back on track <laughs> So 37 million people watched, and Commerce Secretary Gina Riama, Riamondo was a designated survivor for President Joe Biden's first State of the Union. Yeah. It's, I don't even know I, why that's a... 37... What? I, yeah. The, I, I don't think when I hear uh, this, uh, this uh, survivor, I, I think about that TV show that didn't do all that well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it Kiefer Southern? Yeah. Right after day twenty four, he was the he was the uh, designated survivor. Yeah. Now, did I mean I don't think it gives anybody a peace sense of peace of mind knowing that our commerce secretary, who most people don't even know, like first of all, what that means or who she is or what her qualifications are. You know, like <sighs> she can't be any worse. Did you did you see the highlight of Nancy Pelosi jumping up at an inappropriate time? And it, it, like Biden was talking about something bad about I don't know it was about people dying or something bad and she th- and she's got the wrong text of the speech or she's on the wrong line she st- stands up and starts to clap and then puts her puts her fists together and kind of sheepishly sits down. Oh, it is. I think I missed that actually. It is awesome. That's that's the fun part about catching the highlights more than actually the actual speech is you get those camera angles of stuff like Pelosi just. She, she it's like she had a glitch in this in the in the matrix had no idea what to do well yeah i agree that the highlights are more entertaining for the most part and but you know it, you don't have to watch the highlights you can a lot of people don't do well like listening to a timeline and and trying to like figure out what the contradictions are within the, its own speech it's, it's usually something you see afterwards or you when someone plays a highlight, you're like, oh, wait, didn't he say, you know, X, Y and Z before? But, you know, he spent a lot of time talking about unity, which I just thought was comical because he spent the last year dividing us and talking about the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated and, and literally placing blame on on groups of people and and passing legislation for groups of people, you know, advocating for it and executive orders for groups of people. And then you want to get on national TV and talk about unity. Like, I think that other than all of his policies of spending and spending and spending and spending, um, I think that was the most obnoxious part to me. 
That's all obnoxious. That uh, by him, by him. It's, there were some other more obnoxious parts. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all obnoxious. It just it, it really is the the whole spectacle is is obnoxious, <clears throat> including including Bobert interrupting about Biden putting thirteen soldiers in coffins, and then Bobert. So go ahead. Well, no, I mean, he did do that. Like, it, it, Afghanistan was a terrible... It, what he did it was horrible. But her timing was awful. It was when she was talking about... When he was talking about his own son's casket. Like, it's a bad look. It's a really bad look. I don't... I she's she's of this of this cut of younger uh younger republicans that are that are pushing the pushing for for gun rights which of course i support and if you look her up you're going to see two types of pictures with her or three you can see her uh, in congress her wearing a pistol or her wearing the dress that says uh let's go brandon i between her and Marjorie Taylor Greene, both of them yelling, build the wall. I don't I didn't like it when it was done to Trump. Uh, when the didn't like Joe Wilson. Yeah, I mean, there are certain times when you just are supposed to maintain decorum as an elected official. Like you have a huge platform to talk to people after. Just don't don't. It's disrespectful to yell out while someone's talking. Like you were raised and taught that when we're little children. You don't interrupt the preacher in the middle of in the middle of a sermon, even if okay, don't compare. No, no. Even if he gets off on politics or anything else, you just shut up and move churches, or shut up and tell him afterwards. You know, I, I didn't think that was appropriate. You don't. You're supposed to have what? 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 What were they saying the last four years under Trump? Was respect the office. Hmm. Uh, the same thing with the if you're if you win the Super Bowl, you go to the White House. It doesn't matter who the occupant is. You go, you you go, you shake your hand, you take your honor. It doesn't matter if it's Trump, Obama, Bush, which I think Tom Brady has been to the White House for all three of those. <laughs> He's got seven rings or whatever. Yeah, but all he does is cry. <sighs> and not anymore. Retired. <clears throat> but it's just it's it's. So it's just it's just that's not the setting for it. They already get all the press coverage they want. What what did they possibly hope to accomplish by yelling, by being two little malcontent turds uh, shouting, uh, shouting at the president in the middle of his speech? Well, and I would guarantee you that like most people who disagree with them or who are in the middle, like who aren't their faithful followers, I would guarantee you that those people don't even know what they said because the conversation isn't about what they said. It's about what they did. Yeah. Which is like the ultimate losing. That's that's when you lose. Yeah. Well, I, I was shocked that Biden was even covering border security. You're like, what, what, what? Didn't you tell us for the last year that uh, walls did the security doesn't do anything? I mean, you told us for uh, told us for the last three years that that you've been trying to run that the whole idea of border security is stupid. So, so now he's talking border security, and, and look, if 
<clears throat> they want to give a response to the speech and say, I'm very glad that the president's now on the same page as President Trump with border security. Uh, this is how we should do it. That's the way you do it, not just yelling. Even Lindsey Graham told him to shut up. Yeah, but he's a loser, too. Like, you don't need, I mean, that's not. I uh, know. He used to be called Lindsey Lindsey Gramnesty. Because of his uh, uh, amnesty program for illegals. Yeah, and he's not exactly... I mean, like, don't... We've just lost, like, all of the decorum in the important, you know, procedural and ceremonial things. Like, there is no... I don't think we should just bow down and respect our government. I, I am the last person to suggest that but i think you used the right word decorum it well and it speaks to the bigger picture of we don't listen anymore well it's the same thing like, as wearing pajama pants on an airplane it's, it's not it's not that it's illegal it's just not to be done yeah yeah it's it's society in general is, has has become that it's it's this this whole troll uh nature that you know we've we've we've, we've got to get in there and troll them well, all, all you're doing is making sure that, especially for Margie, that she cannot represent me. She can't. She's not on any committee. No one takes her seriously. She can't get any legislation done. All she can do is give up or down votes. She has no input into anything that happens in Congress. All the things she can do is drop impeachment articles that will never be picked up because her name is on it. She's a, she's a pariah up there. And the people out here love her. She she's teach, she's really giving it to him. No, she's not. By the way, what the hell's wrong with her? With you know the Saturday before the State of the Union, she's over at AFPAC, uh, and that's America First Political Action Committee. Uh, it's been labeled by the press, and I, I really don't like the label as being a white supremacist group because the leader is Hispanic, and it was co-founded with a with an Asian. So, uh, but they they're they're calling it a neo-Nazi event and a, co- a couple other things. But right before she goes on stage, they're they're yelling Putin in support of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Well, I think at the time, it doesn't really matter what kind of group they are. I you know like that to me is just that's noise. What they said is what bothered people. Well, she really needs a chief of staff that can guide her. Say, look, maybe not this group. Or if she... She, We were talking about it before the show. She doesn't say no to anyone, which is admirable in some ways because she's accessible. But it's problematic in others and... Like I said, it's it. It's like when you're dating, you don't want to be too available. She's very available. Yeah, I mean, she'll show up at at your kid's birthday party if if you've got enough people there. She'll come up, she'll show up and give you a speech. It's it. Look, and that's like you said, that's admirable that she will go anywhere, talk to anyone. But she she claims she didn't know anything about this group that she was invited to speak. It, it's a. Uh, 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 a pro-Trump, and she's very pro-Trump, and it's kind of a. It was in the same location as CPAC, the same city across, across town from CPAC, 
So it was kind of the people that feel like CPAC doesn't represent them or the Republican Party doesn't necessarily represent them because they're totally pro-Trump, which I do not. I, I, the whole idea of having a party built around one person is absurd. But that's what that's who these people are. Uh, well. I don't know. I don't know. She just she's got a uh, or had now that the show dropped had an event on Saturday, a pro Second Amendment event this, in Rome. That's going to be her event. And Herschel Walker dropped out because he doesn't need the heat that she's getting. When we were talking about that, like some people might be like, well, gosh, he won't associate himself with her and blah, blah, blah. Well, they'll be mad about it for like a day. But the people who were considering voting for him are going to like it will. I think it's more of a benefit for him than. Oh, yeah, because he needs he needs votes across the state and she's very polarizing, especially even even on on, on the right on, on and the Republican voters. She's very polarizing. So by mm-hmm. being seen with her, getting pictures with her, because, you, you know, that's the first thing that's going to happen is he'll stand on the stage and she'll be right next to him and they'll get a picture and that's going to go out everywhere. It's it's better for him to in discretion is a better part of valor. To take the take the press from from the pro uh, MTG folks for one day, than it is to live with it for, you know, the next the rest of the campaign. Yeah, for the next few months until to the primary, then all the way through November. So we have a nominee for SCOTUS, mm-hmm. Kentanji Brown That's- Jackson. Have you ever heard of her? Not that I know of. I mean, I, I read her resume. She's qualified, but I've read her decisions, That's and she's start. not. Yeah, but <clears throat> I don't. I don't know how she's not insulted when he says, "I'm I'm going to pick a black woman." Well, guess what? She qualifies on that. It's just absurd to me. And if he wanted to to make a justice out of Judge Jackson, great. It had he not come out and said, this is what I'm going to do and, and his list of candidates and this is and her name comes out. And then you look that she went to Harvard Law, uh, has worked her way up through the courts, uh, that she was a constant. Uh, she I think she clerked for Breyer. But I, I don't quote me on that. I, know she, I think she clerked for one of the Supreme Court justices. So she you know, her resume is qualified. If that came out, there would be no questions about it. But the fact that he he led off with this is going to be an affirmative action hire, kind of. I mean, not kind of. It's very insulting. I mean, I totally agree that it's insulting, but it doesn't bother me that he's outright about it because we know that Kemp nominated Kelly Leffler for because she was a woman, and we know that he picked Joyette Holmes to handle the Arbery case when. Um, all that happened before she got unelected and lost in Cobb County. But we know he picked her to be the special prosecutor for it because she was a black woman. And so like, while I, I think it's offensive. And if I were the person being nominated, I would, I would, I would decline because I have other reasons to be selected for promotions. But, um, the, like whether or not he's vocal about it, I guess doesn't bother me as much as the actual act because I think we criticized Kemp and them for for doing it, but pretending like it wasn't. Um, 
Yeah, and it wasn't even that he was pretending it wasn't. It's, it, he Kemp has has the same agenda, and that's and that is a legitimate complaint against Kemp. If, if you're if you know any of the candidates are listening and running against him, that's actually a legitimate complaint. Is that he starts checking boxes when he nominates people? Same thing happened with the insurance commissioner. You know, he won yeah. he, first Hispanic insurance. The first Hispanic, yeah. yeah. Who cares about the first? Who's the best? Who's the best qualified? And that and that needs to be the headline. We would we would settle for the least qualified, but one that doesn't break the law. That'd be a huge improvement for Georgia. Oh yeah, I mean, nominate me. I, 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 I don't know what I'm doing, that, but I won't break the law. No idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but but you know, I, I know I can't take McDonald's bags full of cash. I'm fairly <laughs> certain on that one. <laughs> so we have the the past week in Georgia legislature legislature. You're your friends, Dave. Uh, I know. What are they thinking? They're thinking it's an election year. All right. So the biggest complaint, Paulding County is a huge bedroom community. We don't have a whole lot of business, although uh, the cities of Dallas and Hiram are doing a very good job of recruiting more and more business businesses in. Uh, I've spoken to both mayors and, and what they're doing to, to drive business and to, to take the tax burden off of the individual homeowners. So, of course, there's a complaint that as these developers, because all Paulding County, most Paulding County is, is zoned residential, uh, going back years and years, that's how wealth was transferred in this county was by land. Well, if you have four kids, well, how, how do the four kids make uh, make money off, you know, mom and dad's thousand acres when they inherit it? Well, you split it up into quarter acre lots and turn it into neighborhoods. And that's the way you make money. So they're all mad at the developers for popping these houses up and uh, putting stress on the schools, the roads and everything else. We all agree this is a problem, that we've got too many kids in public schools, that public schools suck. Well, I don't think any of the, the politicians would, would agree with me out loud on that. So they decided that the school board should have a say in any neighborhood over or 200 homes or over as to whether that area and its schools can handle the influx of students. And something to do with fire also. What? They and they dropped this once you Friday. make more government, right? So, wait, yes, they 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 dropped it Friday, but Martin Montahan was kind enough to tip us off with this alarming, literally, post Facebook posts about how he's heard people loud and clear. Yeah, look, the school board one isn't qualified. If you look at the the planning and zoning commission. Uh, which is a recommending board. They're all people who are, have been in and around the construction industry and they kind of understand what's going on. Then you have the five elected individuals that give actual approval on zoning. You already, then they're going to go to five people who got elected on what they know about education to, to, to decide if this neighborhood can go in. The question I have, and having read the text... I have no idea. It, it doesn't doesn't say. Within the county, we have city municipalities, mostly mm-hmm. Dallas and Hiram. They have their own zoning department, own zoning laws. And those kids still go to county schools. 
So the, the school board doesn't doesn't have anything to do with the city. The city is on equal terms, equal footing, as far as the state's concerned, with the county. So if you want to build 200 homes and you get annexed into one of the cities, I guess it bypasses the bypasses the the school board. I, I don't I don't I don't understand the bill. Not- the bill is 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 clear as mud. Yeah, well, I think that's the point because they know it's not going to move, and they're just like, "Well, I'm just filing." Say we did, um, but I think it's hilarious. Like the entire premise of it is that is relies on the fact that the school they believe the school board is is going to deny an an application because they don't have the the infrastructure to accommodate the students when. In reality, a school board, just like a county, operates on property taxes and they want a bigger digest. If you have a neighborhood of 200 homes coming in, you don't know how many of those are going to be kids. It could be 50 families with kids or it could be 199. You have no idea. But if, if you're not, especially if you're not sure, you can't tell me that the school board is going to say, yeah, we're going to we're going to off. We're going to skip out on that those tens of thousands of dollars in property taxes each year because um, we don't know how many families are going to move in there. No, what they're, they're going right. to what they're going to do is they're going to go. What is the price point? Because they've got a number in mind. I, it used to be three fifty, and I, I, I'm sure it's it's going to be higher now. But it used to be three fifty is the break even point that, uh, per household that pays for the schools. In, in, in their algorithm, and their algorithms are as accurate as Facebook's, but their idea is three fifty. So what, what will happen is, if you want to build a neighborhood of three three hundred houses, one of you know, one of a few things is going to happen. One, you're going to break it up within this overall community into three different subdivisions of one hundred houses each. Uh, you're, you're going to uh, go and tell them that our price point is four hundred thousand. Ask permission to do that. Or you're just going to see a bunch of 199 house uh, uh, communities popping up. It's, it's going to be the same density. They'll just keep keep the uh, school board out of it. Mm-hmm. There's a neighborhood going up in Paulding County that that is, I think, 200 and I think it's 249 houses. Reason being, the zoning says if you go to 250, you have to put two two entrances. To the neighborhood, multiple entrances. So they saved a bunch of money by going two hundred forty nine. These these builders employ lawyers, and 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 I know some of these some of these uh, real estate attorneys to find the loopholes and to to navigate their way through. They're not dumb, as they should. You shouldn't have to go no, get I agree. two permits to uh, you know. I mean, it's so ridiculous. You're talking about going to three boards. Then, if denied by any of those boards, you can come to uh, the board of zoning appeals. That's a fourth board you have to go uh, go just to get permission to build something on the property you own. And, and look, we all agree that the the population boom out here. How South Park uh, two weeks ago did a uh, uh, city people episode. And it was making fun of all the people leaving the big cities, leaving New York and stuff and, and going out to these to these rural towns and essentially overflowing and ruining them and jacking up the market. It, it, it was actually a pretty poignant ex- episode. And every once in a while, South Park, you know, hits one, you know, right on the screws and, and knocks out of the park. 
So every once in a while, uh, South Park just just absolutely does points out what what these smaller communities are feeling, and, and that's it is. And Paulding County is not alone. There are a lot of rural communities feeling it right now with people leaving the cities and wanting to move out to the burbs and out to the country. But I, I after after reading the text of the bill, I don't get it. I, we're so close to, to crossover day. Crossover day is next Tuesday, the fifteenth. Beware the Ides of March. Mm. That the the bill, unless it gets thrown into a vehicle bill, it's it it's it's a showpiece. We're coming up to to primary season. Uh, it was sponsored by the three reps we have out here. One of which is not running for re-election, Andre Kelly. Yeah, why did they let him sign on it? Yeah, I, 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 if I if put me under the gold dome, Trey Kelly, I want to sign on to that bill. Uh, no, it'd be better if you don't, because it might be a vehicle bill, and you in vehicles. Not great. Uh, real quick, we have uh, constitutional carry or permitless carry, as it's more accurately called, passed the Senate pretty easily. Kemp came out. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, look, it, like it, uh, this this bill has been in a drawer. Uh, for, it's been introduced every single no, year. No, but, but it, Kemp has not has has put his foot down on it for three years because he wants it this yeah, year. Yeah, because he yeah exactly he wanted it he wanted guns for the base in 2022. Look, I, I'm glad it's getting done, but I guarantee you that every time this came out, uh, Kemp's on the phone with Ralston. He, he's on the phone with the pitcher down there in the Senate. Uh, and, and tell him, look, shelve it, shelve it, shelve it until 22. And then 22 gets here. All of a sudden, Kemp's out front going, constitutional carry. He could have done this in 2020 when the, when the uh, uh, pandemic hit and said, we need constitutional carry because these courts are closed and people can't get in to get a permit to exercise their rights. And we need to, we need to push this through right now. Is we want need to make sure that that citizens are able to defend themselves against everything that's going on in this country and not be worried about getting a damn permit. That would have been the time to do it. That would have been the principal time to do it. Besides the fact that I mean, permits are the last Jim Crow law in existence. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone, not on the show or any respective company for which we may work own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at georgiavirtue.com. On Thursday, SCOTUS issued a ruling on something Jessica researched one night when she couldn't sleep. Yeah, remember when I talked about um, how I found all that stuff on Antarctica? Remember when when you asked me what I do when I can't sleep and I said I pace? And you're like, yes. I go and read news stories. And I'm I was like, like that was way too much energy to pace. I'm not getting up. Yeah, but you're gonna sit there and read stories that do nothing but but raise your Irish. Um, first of all, I've told like 17 people about Antarctica. Okay, in addition to this show, which obviously reaches millions. Um, but I have told everyone about Antarctica and the community there, and how you can't have an appendix and and everything else, and. You know, that they just got COVID in January of this year. Like, that's, that's interesting. However, that's not what SCOTUS ruled on. They ruled on those freaking black sites, the CIA black sites, um, because I think I mentioned that um, in another rabbit hole of not being able to sleep and whatnot about the um, lawsuits that were being filed because 
they they decided they wanted to sue the countries that you know participated because these cia black sites are around the world they're not on u.s soil obviously um we don't know where they are we don't know much about them at all but um that's the entire point but scotus ruled in favor of the federal government i think there were six in favor only two um outrights dissented were like right which was um Sotomayor and um gorsuch Yes. And then Kagan was, you know, she had a, they all, anyone, well, I think four of the ones that had ruled in favor of the CIA had a partial, you know, explained why they said yes. And then they dissented in part, which, what a cop out. Like you, you voted in, I don't know. It drives me nuts. I like, not that I think that, um, you know, these are people who haven't been convicted. I, 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 and we've been holding them in Guantanamo Bay since 2002, three, four, five, six, depending on who they are. And I, it's really not about that to me. It's about the fact that supposedly we close these sites where we would torture people um, to get information out of them. And we stopped using them because the Polish and one other country, um, European country, in looked into it and said like uh heck no but we're not going to talk about it well he said because like so briar wrote he said you know the request because part of it part of why this is trying to come out this time is like in this lawsuit in discovery um to prove what the people who are suing and the part of the investigations like what they've said to corroborate it and briar said it could force former cia contractors to confirm the location of the detention site and that confirmation would itself significantly harm national security interests and i'm just trying to figure out how if we're not using them anymore I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if the company is continuing to use the black sites for other operations, for training. Uh, the black sites could still exist without detainees and without without interrogation. So there are other reasons to have a to have a black site. Uh, if you you know use the the idea of Poland, uh, they they could be training individual or, or private contractors for going into Ukraine. They, they could be doing a lot of... Uh, How convenient timing. Well, I'm just saying that's the black sites, other things go on there. And look, I have no personal knowledge of, of what goes on in the black side. I'm just saying there, there are other things that happen that need to happen off U.S. soil. Um, so... They need to happen off. Oh, Dave, well, we're going to have to come back to this on a, a show well, when we have more time. Especially if you're cultivating sources, things like that. Cultivating. Oh, wow. That is quite the, the term, Dave. Cultivating. You mean waterboarding. No, no, no. Cultivating a source is training uh, training a native of, of a target uh, country on uh, methods to obtain uh, information and how to relay it back to uh, whoever is their case mm-hmm. manager. So they can overthrow their government and then we can come in and swoop in and help uh, democratize them? Yeah, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, uh, like I said, I, I've never worked for the company. I don't have any direct knowledge, but I have an idea of uh, sure. of, of what you know 
how the idea of James Bond doesn't exist. There's no super spy that goes in and walks into any country, speaks you know, 15 languages and blends right in. What most uh, case officers do is cultivate sources and collect information from those sources that are that are indigenous to wherever the target, uh, wherever the target country is. Uh, so. In in this particular black site, like, I guess the one that he this guy Zubadaya or whatever his name is, he's from, they captured him in Pakistan early, early on. He's one of the ones that was waterboarded the most. He was tortured. He's missing an eye now because of it, which, and they've never even charged him with anything. They're just indefinitely detaining him under the NDAA in Guantanamo. He's still there um, 20 years later, and they've never even initiated the process to... Well, I don't know if um, if the interrogation is the reason he lost the eye. They waterboarded him. The, it is the, the one thing they've they've, con- they've confirmed that the one thing that 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 I saw that was the uh, rectal hydration. Mm-hmm. Huh. Which I mean is a legitimate medical procedure, uh, especially if someone's dehydrated so much you can't get a uh, can't get an IV in. One, how did you get that mm-hmm. dehydrated? Two, forced rectal hydration. Uh, you you may have once with somebody who's so dehydrated. It's it, the way it was written is that this was done multiple times. So basically, it's an enema. You're right. So the the two psychologists who consulted with the CIA to develop the interrogation program, you know, when this all um, was going on, they were. They're contractors, and so they were subpoenaed. This the United States has tried to, um, I guess, quash those subpoenas for years, or for you know, for on on an ongoing basis, they've tried to quash them and and block them and slow down the process. And the whole argument is that like we know that the black site is in Poland. We know where it where we even know the specifics of where it is. The CIA has acknowledged that but they say that everything related to it is still a state secret and they cannot be forced to disclose the information and the ninth circuit court of appeals ruled against them at one point saying that because it was now public knowledge and that they've confirmed the site's existence they can no longer say that it harms national security interests um but then the supreme court so what they ruled on thursday was basically overturning that um ninth circuit decision and they said that even though it has entered the public domain it can still be classified as a state secret which i think is totally obnoxious because that that's like the entire like we we are cultivated to believe that everything about the cia has to be absolutely secret and like you can't know anything and we 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 don't need to ask questions we don't need to know and if it like we'll be they will let us know if there's something we need to know so if they've confirmed that it's there it's it's not that it's not that sensitive yeah it was confirmed it was there uh, through a lawsuit in the eu uh, I believe okay. as, as as how as how it came out. It, this is one of those rulings that gets deep into the weeds of of legal jargon. Look, I, should he get his day in court? I don't know if he should get his day in a in a U.S. court, but should he be in front of a military tribunal, just like we did with the uh, war criminals in World War II? Absolutely. 
You know, we didn't hide behind, you know, when, when we put Goebbels on trial, he, he stood there in front of the cameras and answered for his crimes mm-hmm. in front of an international court. I mean, there's been a lot of if, if you if you Google this guy, which, you know, is what I did at 3 a.m. one morning. And then I like I said, I could then I was reading about all the black sites that have existed over the years and why they no longer do. And there's been lots of speculation. And his attorney, this guy's attorney, which I read a piece by him that was published um, maybe two or three years ago. But um, he was talking about like how they have argued and argued and argued for him to either like not even just be released, just try him, like just begin the process, start the process, charge him with something. Um, otherwise, you should release him because it's it's inhumane. And um, that's a totally different discussion. I, I understand that. But the argument is that none of that has been done because of all the things he saw, all the things they did to him. Um, they basically compromised everything about this one individual because I think there's only two that have been there for the duration of yeah, the, the war on terror. Yeah, he's there in his 20th year as 2002. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Clarence, back to the ruling though, like Clarence Thomas and Alito, um, and I, one mother, I think it was um, Kavanaugh and Barrett, they all said that, you know, he only showed a, a dubious need for the information and, um, you know, in state secret cases, a court's review from start to fi- finish must be deferential t- to the executive branch, which is such. Yeah, I don't like the court punting back to the executive branch. Uh, the court is. Well, they're they're acknowledging that's where they start. Right. And that's that, that you've got to you've got to force them away from that position. And that's a problem. Totally. And, that, and that's a problem. It. it that should not be the reasoning behind it. Look, if there is a if if uh, the case was fail failed to be made, that's one thing. If there's a if there's so many things that go in SCOTUS that are mis mis uh, misargued, or they argue uh, because the Supreme Court hears they don't hear entire cases most often. They hear little slices of it. Was this admissible? Was this allowable? They hear little tiny pieces of of an overall case, and then their ruling comes down and may affect everything else on on a, on a larger case. So they get caught in legal minutia a lot, and, and that's what they should be. They're they're legal scholars, and they're ruling on the constitutionality of of you know, little pieces of in, in, of individual cases. So you know, I don't. I don't like them saying we, we start with the presumption that the executive branch is right. No, you're se- that's absolutely the antithesis of what they should be doing. Right, you're separate, equal branch of government. Yeah, the well, the, the reasoning behind it is is faulty. Uh, I well, I I know we have to move on, but I want to mention one thing about the two that fully dissented because I think that they really captured what's happening in in their. 30 pages of dissent because they said there comes a point when we should not be ignorant as judges of what we know to be true as citizens. And he was quoting a 1949 case from SCOTUS where they established that the police can't use coerced confessions um, during a trial. And in his, and in their final 
paragraph, he said, um, Really, it seems that the government wants this suit dismissed because it hopes to impede the Polish criminal investigation and avoid, or at least delay, further embarrassment for past misdeeds. Perhaps at one level, this is easy enough to understand. The facts are hard to face. We know already that our government treated him brutally. More than 80 waterboarding sessions, hundreds of hours of live burial, and what it calls rectal rehydration. Further evidence along with the same lines may lie in the government's faults. But as embarrassing as these facts may be, there is no state secret here. This court's duty is to the rule of law and the search for truth. We should not let shame obscure our vision. No, it's a, it's a powerful statement. And only two of the nine think that is the duty of the court. Right. Sick. Uh, I, I, it's sick. What's sick is that, that we're not surprised. I mean, it's not shocking. It's shocking when you say it out loud. But, I mean, yeah. the, the abdication of responsibility to the executive branch has been happening by the other two branches for the last 150 years. Well, look at the Georgia legislature. They do it every freaking right. session. I mean, it's, it's like the... Until the other guy's in charge, and then it's the worst thing in the world. For for a country that left its other country, its mothership, for because it hated a king, we sure do a great job of making our own. Right. All right. We need to hurry and send more money to everyone so our government can keep working or something like that. Speaking of the king, <sighs> Joe Biden... And his administration want to send $10 billion to Ukraine, and then they want another $22.5 billion for COVID, whatever. But um, in that, of that $22.5 billion is $4.5 billion for um, COVID vaccination and treatment overseas, elsewhere. And the Biden administration has said, we need it fast. We need it by March 11th. And so just go ahead and, you know, they didn't say by March 11th. They said, we need it fast. We, we need it within the next week. So go ahead and just attach it to the bill um, that's going to help us avoid a government shutdown on March 11th. And, you know, just so get to it. So our president of the United States, who is supposed to represent our values, wants them to hurry and attach $14.5 billion of money for other countries in order like he wants that on a bill that is mandatory to pass for our continued operations. So, yeah, holding the operation of the government as hostage. No, no. Like, yes, yes, he is doing that. But like, it's even worse. Than, it is it, not necessary for anything for our continued operations. You're, you're sending money overseas. Yeah, it, you're giving our money to somebody else. To I mean, it's bad enough you take it from me to give it to people here. Steal, yes. The COVID fund I, it pisses me off so much when I hear free COVID testing, free this, free that. I'm like it's not free. It, no. It'd be a lot cheaper if we paid for it ourselves. And that's the. Mm-hmm. That's why these new shots keep coming out at no cost to you, at no cost to you. Bull. 
I get your. Well, now they're going to do the antiviral at no cost to you. Oh my God! It, the pills. Yeah, it's, it's, it's I mean, not, that was in the State of the Union, yeah. and that's in this plan. And twenty five, twenty two and a half billion dollars sounds like nothing when they passed what six hundred million and or six hundred billion, excuse me, and then the the trillion dollar package. Like this is chump change, but they've done it multiple times now. Like extending the funding they haven't even spent all the money that they took the last time it's not here's the thing even if you're like well what about what if a poor person gets gets covid it's not even income qualified you can pull up in your maserati walk in test positive and get the free antivirals it's not it's not it's not it's not hell it's not even and i'm not saying it's right to that to give handouts to anybody i'm saying it's it's not even income tested or anything else Well, yeah, we're not even like targeting it for the truly needy. Right. And though I don't like handouts of any type coming from government because you have to steal it from somebody else. The fact is, it's a hundred percent handout, which means it's a it's a tax on on producers to give back to producers and everybody else. It, It would be a lot cheaper if I could go buy my own antivirals. If I could shop my antivirals out to anybody besides, I think Pfizer is the one that that he uh, he mentioned at, at the State of the Union. Which I mean, you could, you, it's small wonder that that Pfizer stock is owned by a, a lot of Congress people. Oh yeah, so shocking, so freaking shocking! I'm just over here shaking in my boots. I'm shocked to my core. I can hardly believe it. I want to get elected Congress just to get the damn sock tips. Like you can keep the salary. Let me do a little legal insider trading. Well, and the thing with Ukraine is it's never going to be enough. I mean, first of all, you've you've extended or you've what I don't know what the the proper term is, but we've done the thing where their visas won't expire for the next 18 months, which for people who are in the United States, so that are from Ukraine. So, you know, we're, we're providing a safe haven here. And then we're sending money to other to, you know, conglomerates over in Europe where so they can take have a safe haven there for refugees because they say they're pouring into Europe by the thousands. I think, I and then think we're sending military million, yeah. aid. There was, yeah, they yeah. were sending yeah. weapons. Uh, yeah, we're sending direct aid. We got, uh, what is it, 8,000 troops forward deployed in, uh, uh, in areas like Poland that border Ukraine to support NATO. Or defend defend NATO. I believe the eighty second Airborne's there too. Uh, and thirty six GOP senators sent a letter to Biden last Wednesday asking, "Hey, you think you could let us know how much of the one point nine trillion dollars you've spent that we approved last year before?" Not we, I guess Democrats, but I mean, could you let us know how that's working out before we move on to another twenty two and a half billion dollars? Sounds reasonable. I mean, y- totally. And-, and look, this is this is his last budget. Uh, this is his last uh, chance he gets before he loses the Senate, in, in my belief. Mm-hmm. So this is the last chance to ram through like that matters. I mean, it matters, but not really. <laughs> Republicans spend, Trump did the first. spend money slower and, and they spend money okay. even slower when it's a Democrat asking for it. When, it, when it's a, a Republican asking for it, when Trump's in office, when, when Bush is in office, let's open the spigot. OK, fair enough. 
but the the money for Ukraine is, I mean, that's a we're we are what ten days at, at the time of recording. We're ten days into it, and we are already willing to fork out twenty or ten billion dollars in our troops, and the the price has doubled since like earlier in the week. It, it was four point eight billion dollars. Um, well, if Ukraine had the price tag on that's going to go out of control. If Ukraine had a a handful of A-10s, they could, they could take care of that convoy moving toward Kiev. Uh, A-10 is a, a well, close air I support mean, uh, anti-tank uh, airplane. Now, come on now. Right before Russia invaded, they gave their citizens the right to bear arms. Well, an AK-47 and an A-10 coming from the skies with a Gatling gun are two different things. But I'm not saying we need, we need to send our A-10s. I'm just saying if if they had if they had developed their close air support anti-take weapons before, as this uh, leading up to it in their own defense, because they're not a member of NATO, they're not protected under Article Five. They they might be in a better position now. I don't think the Russians can take Ukraine in one solid piece. Because they were, they've been handing out AKs like candy, which I'm totally cool with. I, I went down to my, to my local police station. Apparently, it only applies in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when yeah. when the ships are down, here are, here are automatic weapons. You want to buy an auto, automatic weapon here? It better be made before 1984, registered, pay you two hundred dollars stamp plus uh, an average run of the mill full auto. Uh, cost you between thirty and fifty thousand, uh, plus the what it takes to feed it, and a higher end is around a hundred grand, because the, because there's a limited supply of them. They're all made before made rich before nineteen eighty four. Thanks, Reagan. Thanks for that. People don't get it though. They're like, oh my god, we got to help them. Okay, well, ain't nobody helping you. I like having a buffer between between NATO and Russia. Uh, the the people of Ukraine are outstanding and very resilient. Uh, they are dogged fighters, and the Russians are finding that out. The Russians are also finding out that they've overextended their supply lines, and this was not a uh, as simple as rolling in and seeing them uh, them flying the. Uh, white, blue, and red flag for them, you know, welcome liberators. Uh, You know, I stand with the people of Ukraine. I don't necessarily want billions and billions, uh, adding up to trillions of dollars, going to them. It's it's, Zero dollars. It's their country. God bless you. Best of luck. I'm not really thrilled about about being so tied into NATO, NATO that we're contractually obligated to get in a fight if they step one toe over the line. No, and we've talked about it on the show because I think I said, well, who's going to come help us if that if that kind of thing happens? And you said China. And the answer is probably correct, but all these other countries are not going to be infusing money to us. We just do that for everybody else. Right. Well, we decided that. Meanwhile, meanwhile, our gas is freaking $4 a gallon. Their grocery shelves are empty. People can't afford anything. Everything, you know, the like... What is it? The average cost for like a home has gone up two hundred dollars already this year. Well, the for the year, the fact that we started shutting down oil production here is what funded this invasion. 
Well, also, there, there's a but, there's a certain uh, advantage to I don't know if we talked about it last week on the show. Advantage to having a perceived madman in charge. No one really wanted to mess with Trump because no one. Hell, we didn't know what Trump was going to do day to day. Uh, same thing with Reagan when Reagan walked away from the table at Reykjavik. The the U.S. press called him irresponsible, but the Soviets Soviets were scared of this cowboy. I mean, Reagan carried a pistol on his hip. Uh, as you know, I, I bashed him two minutes ago. But yeah, it, it, there's this perceived cowboy notion with Reagan. So the the Soviets, especially after he just up and walked away from the table at Reykjavik, that okay, this guy's nuts, and they, and they and so they started backing off of him. They they knew they couldn't get away with stuff. Same thing with with Iran, with releasing the hostages you know, right after Reagan was was inaugurated. Iran's like, yeah, we don't want any piece of that cowboy here. So there's there's a there's a advantage to having a perceived on the international stage perceived madman in charge, and you know you get somebody who's weak and and can't complete a sentence like I can't can't even read off a teleprompter and and Putin's like ah eh, now's the time. But yeah, if well, if, and, if we hey. had a strict non-intervention policy, it'd be it'd be everybody else's problem. Everything is our problem. We pay for everything. And it's us that is, I mean, we're the ones t- dealing with record inflation right now because of the money that we're just forking out. I understand all the electoral impacts. I understand. I get all that. But no matter who is in charge, you know. Well, the oil problem we are, is... We foot the bill. Yeah, the oil problem is self-inflicted. The inflation self-inflicted from all the handouts. I know the Fed is is increasing uh, the Fed fund rate by a quarter percent to try to curb inflation, but that that's not going to do it until we start producing our own energy because you have to burn fuel to get things to market. You have to burn fuel to get materials to factories. You have to burn fuel to import things. If, 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 we, don't, if we don't get the, the, the consumables under control, nothing is coming down because it's all tied in to the price of fuel. The price of lumber goes up because it, it goes on a truck. But as we're in danger of running long, Jessica, you want to get your closing thought? Yeah, it's kind of piggybacks on that, which is just like the silly season of, um, I guess, like proclaiming support for the Ukraine. It's just obnoxious right now, like the the Atlanta bar owner who dumped out cases of vodka that um, she'd already paid for. And not only that, but the like the vodka that she dumped out was produced by a company where I think the owner was like a, he fled Russia, right? Like, yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Uh, 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 Stolies. Sh- they're, sure. they're, they're pouring out. Yeah, Stoli. uh, Stolies. There is a Stolies in Russia. It is not the same company. They split years ago, I believe is in Lithuania. Uh, the president now, or the head of marketing, the big head of marketing, is a British guy. Uh, I mean, it's a truly international company. For a long time, Stolies was uh, distributed by PepsiCo. Uh, 
it does have some Russian uh, components in it with with the wheat that they use and, and stuff like that for the for the recipe. But punishing a, a Lithuanian company, you know, I saw liquor stores. I mean, I saw on the news. I've been in a bunch of liquor stores lately uh, that they were essentially giving away stolies at cost just to get it off the shelves. But. But this lady was jumping it out and she already paid for it just to get her, you know, it's, 30 minutes of. And it's just like the people who are the burning other thing, their car hearts. They already paid for them. Yeah. Well, and then, and then there's the lady who is a performer um, for the Metropolitan Opera in New York City. She was um, a Russian soprano, Anna Netrebeko. Netra I'm not sure how you say her last name. However, she. She said, um, you know, I forget what her statement was. She said she was critical, like she was critical of the war, but she wouldn't just publicly um, comment on Putin or Putin. She wouldn't say anything. And um, so they 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 canned her. These are the same people like, for how many years have been saying that football players need to play football. Singers need to sing and stay out of politics. So someone says, yeah. I'm not getting into it. I want to sing. Ah, Jesus. That's a good one. I got another dep- depressing one. Uh, we have our post three commissioner in Paulding County, Chuck Hart, who is no longer our post three commissioner because he had to step down. Uh, he moved out of post and from what I understand, out of county uh, about three hours away. Uh, and the date I heard was 2020. So he didn't step down, and he's due for uh, his post is due for election this year. He didn't step down until he got caught. Uh, and rumors rumors around it have, have been going for for a while, and I don't put much stock in rumors. But apparently, one of the one of the uh, Democrats that was looking to run for that post dug up his his uh, uh, his homestead exemption, and it listed the property on Lake Sinclair. So he stepped down, which means. This, uh, this is assume how, how it's going to have to have to happen. We have a special election. Now, remember, redistricting happened, that which starts January 1. So it's got to run for a special election to take that seat simultaneously while running a primary for wh- whatever uh, post three is going to look like. So we're going to so on the same ballot. And I, I'm not in post three. He's not he's not my uh, commissioner. Wasn't my commissioner. Uh Simultaneously on the ballot, talking about confusing, you're going to have special election for post three, and then you're going to have primary Democrat or Republican on post three. And then in November, you're going to have the general for post three, which may or may not include the the commissioner continuing Chuck's term. He should have to pay for every bit of that. I agree. I agree. Now, look, 2020 happened. A lot of things happened. Uh, if he ended up having to move out of post, that's when you do it. And we had an election in 2020 and that easily could, could have been put on the ballot. You could have stepped down then. And you can't tell me of the other four commissioners, including the chairman, none of them knew something was shady. None of them went to him and say, hey, Chuck, you probably should go ahead and step down now. Fact is, he, he's a part of the voting block with with the, with the chairman, and I don't think they wanted to risk losing that that yes vote with him. It's 
county, everybody thinks the, you know, the government that governs uh, closest is best for the people. Not necessarily. They're just as dirty, except there are fewer reporters busting them on it. So anyway, that's my, my little rant on that. So if anybody's listening that lives out in post three uh, there, you can qualify for the special election for the primary or both. Congratulations. Woo. Paul County making the news again for the wrong damn reason. On that happy maybe note. Martin will file a bill about it. Maybe. Maybe with the siren, with siren emojis. <laughs> mm. So with that happy news. For Jessica Slodgy, my partner in this endeavor, for Eric Cumbie, our awesome editor, I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon